my name is Nicole and Ali and welcome to the very first episode of Crispy Crispy Crime the podcast where we serve piping hot stories of any and all things crime that we pair with a different drink every episode and in today's first ever episode the drinks of the day is mine is a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks and mine is cafe cream from Krispy Kreme. We're gonna do this thing where we taste this drink of the day, and just just to start up the story. And champa, it's a podcast. Mauuha kami. I think a drink is very well needed. So we're gonna do the taste test now. Alam ko bago tay. Oh. <laughs> ah, okay, so I'm gonna rate the pumpkin spice latte. For me, it's a 6 or 7 out of 10. Okay, siya, but if you're not a fan of cinnamon, because it's very cinnamon forward, siya, maybe skip this one. And you, for the Krispy Kramer? It's, it's a no for me. The syrup they use will taste like the original glazed donut, but no, it no. doesn't. So, what rating mo sa kanya? Zero. Zero out of 10. I don't like it. So by the way, we also have some Krispy Kreme donuts to commemorate the first ever episode. Just the glaze, just the original glaze. We're gonna jump into our story of today. The story I'm gonna be talking about is a true crime case that happened here in the Philippines. And it happened sometime at ni- or during 1967. So it's been a while. It's been a while. It's a true crime and it is an unsolved case at the moment. Let me take you back to May 28 or 29 because the source is the source of 1967. It's late in the evening and just a handful of people are out on the streets. Siyempre, wala pang ano, hindi pa uso yung mga Facebook, Twitter, and shiz on the phone. One of the people who happened to be out is a garbage man. He's minding his own business, he's doing his thing, collecting garbage, trash can after trash can until Mr. Garbage Man reaches one particular trash can. It was a very lumpy object. And syempre, being a garbage man, a garbage collector, ang madalas nangyayari is they're using their hands, diba, to scour through the garbage. They're separating things like plastic, bottles, etc, etc. So he's using his hands, he's scouring through the garbage, and then he stops on one specific object. It was a very random-looking object wrapped in newspaper. I say random because he has no idea what it is yet. So he takes it, and sabi niya, para ang, ang lamig naman ito, parang galing sa ref, yun, ano, nakabalot sa newspaper. And so he unwraps it. Because yeah, he needs to segregate his the stuff he collects. Eh. And upon unwrapping this newspaper um, thingy was a pair of legs chopped into four clean pieces. So it's not like yung parang manikin ay isang mahabang leg. It's, it's chopped into four pieces. So it looks very lumpy, clumpy, and very weird. So syempre na-shock si garbage man. So tumawag siya ng police. And then upon arriving, the police take his ano, parang statement. And the garbage man notes that the toes were painted were very well pedicured, not manicured, pedicured because it's foot. It was very well pedicured, so it often meant that whoever this foot belonged to was from a well-off person. So someone who had money, someone who, was, who had time and money to have her feet done prettily. Okay, but days before that incident, um, before that gruesome discovery, there was another prior gruesome discovery a few days back where they had found a hand. Just a hand, just a single hand na nakakalat lang sa streets. And they thought, the police thought that baka there's a link here. Baka this hand matches with, th- with this foot. And when they did like cross-examination DNA, chuk-chuk, 
it was not a match. So, hindi ko alam na nangyari sa 1967, but may kalat-kalat na bang, uh, body parts. I'm not sure, but something's happening during that year. So, we move on. So, hindi naglink yung, ano na yun, yung hand and that pair of legs. But then, a few days after that, I mean, almost a day later pala, a torso with arms were found along EDSA, near the Guadalupe Bridge, also wrapped in newspaper. So, the newspapers na nakita ni, ni Garbage Man, it was dated May 14. The newspaper, the day after that, was dated May 20. Three. The pair of legs were found in May 28. Do you get it? Okay. So they found the torso with arms, and the arms linked to a hand. So they tested that hand, the pair of hands, and it showed in their system that it was from a woman named Lucila Lalu. I don't know if it's Lucila Lalu or Lucila Lalu. I heard because in one one channel it said Lalu, so we're going we're gonna go with Lalu. Lucila Lalu. That was the girl in their system, and she was she happened to be applying for a police clearance when she first arrived in Manila. So they had her prints on their file. So from what was left of Lucila, because she was in pieces. I'm sad to say, but she was in pieces at that time. What was left of Lucila? They deduced that whoever was the murderer of this poor woman, this unfortunate woman, they had to have been someone who knew how to handle knives, someone who knew how to handle knives, and someone who was in a profession that dealt with that kind of thing in the daily. So someone like a butcher, someone like a surgeon, someone like a pre-med student, ganarn. Also, the killer must have been someone who was a bit wealthy, someone who was well-off, because he had to have a private vehicle to be able to move the body parts wherever and, you know, wherever. And then he also had to have access to a freezer because the big of the body parts to delay the decomposition process. The, the hand that they saw the day after they found the legs, they realized that it's not the same person because the decomposition stage was different. So that that's just something that I learned. That you can find that out pala. So it had to be someone wealthy. It had to be someone who owned a private vehicle. It had to be someone who had the profession of either butcher, surgeon, or um, pre-med student. And in addition to that, it had to be someone who was intelligent and was methodical. Kasi parang very well planned out yung execution ng crime na yun. And until now, it's an unsolved case. So it had to be someone who was intelligent and methodical. So they were interviewing people who lived near Lucila and there were some neighbors who said that they saw three men taking out what looked to be a body out of Lucila's residences. Okay, so that's something that's gonna come up later, so remember that. Now, when the media got hold of this balita, this story, the next day, it made headlines, okay? The first whole page of almost every newspaper was talking about the girl who was now dubbed the Chop Chop Lady, the first Chop Chop Lady. One headline read, Pair of girls' legs found on trash pile. In all caps. My gulay, can you imagine? And it's always on the newspaper pa kasi hindi pa uso, di ba, yung mga Facebook and everything. Everything was on the newspaper. So before we move on any further, who exactly was Lucila Tolentina Lalu? Well... Lucila Lalu was born in Candaba, Pampanga. And just like any other provinciana in their late 30s, she was 28 at that time. She wanted to try her luck in Manila. She wanted the taste of the Manilenial life. She wanted that city life, a chance para makaahon siya sa kahirapan. Now, it's not really stated how poor she was, pero she was not at that moment well off. So that's why she's moving to Manila para to better her life. Ganon. So she first started out as a waitress at a small restaurant slash cocktail lounge um, bar uh, type of area. And then apparently, magaling daw mag-save ng money and mag-handle ng money si Lucila. So much so that she was able to pay off the owners of where she was working and she now owned the bar she was working at. That's how good she was with her money. And then a few years after that, after na- nakaipon ulit siya, naka-start siya ng sarili niyang business which was a beauty salon. It was called Lucy's House of Beauty 
fast forward one summer day, bigla na lang nawala si Lucila. She just disappeared and no one really reported her missing. I don't understand why. Pero sabi, during this time, kasi I guess if you wanted to reach a wider audience, you reached out to newspapers uh, because you wanted to like buy some space in newspaper to spread the word out. And maybe nobody reported anything because they thought, si Lucila yan eh, baka kasama niya lang yung mga kaibigan niya. Or maybe people thought, si Lucila yan eh, baka kasama niya yung mga kaibigan niya. So, we now find out that our girl Lucila, as much as she was smart in handling her money, she wasn't as smart in keeping her love life away from the prying eyes of her Marita's friends and family. So apparently, it was a quote-unquote open secret that she had multiple lovers. So one of which is Florante Relos. Relos? Relos? I don't understand how to pronounce. Relos na lang, para hindi Relos. Florante Relos. He was a 19-year-old waiter who worked for Lucila. Lucila was 28. He was 19. The second lover was Aniano Vero. Aniano Vero was a patrolman and her common-law husband of 7 years. Do you know what's a common-law husband? A common-law husband is not someone you're legally married to. There's no marriage certificate. Pero kunyari, if you're with your friends, with your family, you already... You astanyo is like a married couple na. So... Yeah, they were together for seven years, and they had a child who was six years old. The third lover, Jose Luis Sanchano. Jose Luis Sanchano was a 28-year-old, same age as Lucila, and he was a dental student. So, these are the three known lovers, as we know so far. And so, you can imagine that these were the three suspects in the investigation. So, isa-isahin natin sila. First, the first suspect, Florante the waiter. The relationship he had with Lucila was very much a sugar mama, sugar baby relationship, okay? Lucila was both his lover and provider. She supported him. But during the time of the crime, Florante was drinking with his best buds. So he had an airtight alibi. So there were two friends who confirmed his statement that the, uh, he was nowhere near the crime scene. Also, they noted, the police noted, na wala naman siyang motive para patayin si Lucila. Kasi if he killed Lucila, he was automatically killing his source of income. Parang ganun. Okay, but... But, 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 at this time, during the autopsy or and stuff like that, it was found out that Lucila, her torso kasi was found, was one month pregnant. So, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with something, I'm not saying, all alleged, all alleged. So, maybe he did have a motive, I don't know. But moving on to the second suspect. This suspect, si Anyano, the quote-unquote husband of seven years, the person who had the stronger motive to and no, you know, uh, unalive Lucila. Uh, he had a stronger motive in the police's eyes kasi he, I think he found out about the affair with Relos. So that made him, you know. And to top it off, he had anger management issues and he was a very jealous and angry man. Um, so much so that he fired his service gun. So a service gun is a gun used by someone from the military or someone from law enforcement. So he used his service gun and fired three times at the properties of Lucila. So you can imagine how much anger this there is in this man. So the night that Lucila disappeared, Anyano claimed that he had dinner with her muna sa parlor niya. Okay, they were just eating around 6.30pm, but then he immediately left after. Now, may mga kamag-anak si Lucila around that time sa parlor ata. And they, and they confirmed that, yeah, nakita namin natulog pa nga si Lucila after nakaalis si, ano eh, si Anyano eh. And so, okay, we have that witness. But then, but then things turn a little muddy kasi... 
nagko-contradict siya sa statement ni Florante. Kasi he said that he and Lucila had met the same night at around 7.30 but at a di- different establishment. So, hindi ko na alam yung timing ng mga bagay-bagay. Kasi si Florante has, ano diba, an alibi din. He has friends who, who witnessed their drinking. And then, Anyano had kamag-anak ni Lucila witnessing their dinner. So, I'm not sure which is the which is what here. So, the third. We're moving on to the third. Jose Luis. Si Jose Luis. Jose Luis. Ang dami nangyayari dito. Okay. He was not only one of her lovers, but he was also renting one of the rooms above the parlor. Okay? So, I don't know if the room above the parlor is hawak din ni um, Lucila. If she was owning ano, the building. Basta ganun yung situation nila. And then, on June 15, tsaka lang siya naging suspect kasi he voluntarily uh, confessed about the crime because he was, quote-unquote, having a guilty conscience. That's what they said. He wrote on his statement report, he said that he experienced a, quote-unquote, mental blackout, but remembered strangling Lucila to death. And I don't understand, kasi pag mental blackout, you don't remember anything, di ba? But then he remembered a snippet that he was strangling her. So is this selective memory? Is this really a blackout? I don't know. So, ayan na. Selective memory niya. Lucila, he was strangling her down to death. And then he stored the body under his bed before disposing of her completely. In his initial testimony, he said that Lucila had seduced him. He said that he was seduced and that when he said no, no, no to Lucila, Lucila got mad and threatened him with a scandal. And at this point, he was he was like losing his mind now, and that's what he snapped, and then he killed her because of that, because he was threatened by the scandal. And he also mentioned at one point disposing the head somewhere around Quezon City. Hindi ko maano talaga exact location kasi iba-iba sa different sources. So we're gonna say Quezon City. The way he got about like transporting the, the different body parts in different locations, kasi di ba the police said that it might have been a private vehicle. It was not. In his case, nagkakomit siya. Hawak-hawak yung mga ano, body parts, naka-plastic bag, paper bag, and box. Nasa loob lang siya ng jeep, ng ano, bus, ng taxi. Can you imagine? Hindi ko alam kasi naka-freezer eh. So, we, d- we don't know. Pero can you imagine like sitting in the jeep, pawis-pawis ka, tapos yung katabi mo may hawak na box na malaki, balik ba yung box. Then instead is a person. Oh my God. So that's how he, he went about his life, you know, distributing body parts. And then for some reason, it was never mentioned if the head was found or not. Hindi ko alam. Kasi this is like a very pivotal ano, ng evidence, no? Hindi binalita ang kung ano nangyari sa head. But that's what it said. That's what they said. So, he confessed na this. So, the police checked his room, the, the room above the parlor. And they didn't check this the first time they checked the parlor. Kasi they said it, it didn't feel like it was important. So, ngayon, medyo messed, messed up na investigation. They went back sa parlor sa taas. And then they found traces of blood underneath um, the bed in the floorboards. And then they found a knife and also a pair of stockings and a razor blade. So, you know, connecting the dots. And then they also noted that the door to his um, apartment door had been forced. It looked like it had been forced open. So, just keep that in mind. Three days later, after that confession... Bumalik na naman yun pare nating Jose Luis. He's saying, no, no, no. Joke lang yun. I'm retracting my confession. Retracting. So he released a second statement. So now he's saying that I didn't murder her, but the murder did take place in my ano, apartment. But I was an unwilling witness, quote unquote, unwilling witness. Kasi what happened that was there were three men who went in his room. I don't know. Paano na nalagpasan yung parlor tapos nakaakit sa room niya? They were in their room. Two of them strangled Lucila to death. One of them nakatutok yung baril sa kanya to shut him up as a hostage. 
So that's what happened now. And then the next day, the next morning, a fourth man appeared in his room again. <laughs> they just passed to the parlor like, I know, nothing suspicious. I'm in your room again in the morning. And then he just placed blood. He placed the knives. He placed all the evidence in his room. So that's what happened. And then a few days after that, after leaving evidence, he was allegedly getting notes about keeping quiet, about shutting up, not telling the police, keeping hush-hush about everything. But then he couldn't take it anymore, you know. He went to the police now. But it, it seemed like in first sta- statement niya, he was coerced by the police to say that na. Para may masabi na sila sa public na we found him, you know. But no, no, no. Bumalik ang ating Jose Luis. So there was someone who confirmed din na he was coerced. They called her, her or him, I forgot if it was a woman or a man. But they called him or her a mystery witness, confirming that he was in fact coerced. But then... Diba, I only mentioned three suspects. There happened to be a fourth one. A fourth one, pero hindi masyadong binigyan ng detail ng ano, reports. It said that there was a last suspect, another lover of Lucila. Ito si Lucila. Si Lucila. I'm not judging if she was just dating around. Pero if she, ano, made it seem like she was exclusively dating each of them. That's bad. I'm judging na. I'm judging. But if they were, she was dating around, no judgment. Pero, girl. Girl. Okay, another lover of Lucila's, right? So he was an executive sa isang printing firm and named by authorities. Walang binigay na names sa mga reports. But he was said to be very wealthy and only suspected kasi he was working for a printing firm and nakabalot yung katawan niya with printing ad, uh, newspaper and stuff like that. Pero hindi na natuloy. Parang hindi nila tinuloy yung theory nila with him. I don't know why. Suspicious because they were looking for a wealthy man. I don't know. So... This case was sensationalized and eventually there were movies made that were starring stars like Chris Aquino and Lorna Tolentino. Crimes like these don't often happen in the Philippines or at least none that we're aware of. And if ever they do and they do make it to the news, automatically the response of the people is fear and paranoia. Now, the true killer was never found. Only speculations have been made so far. So there weren't any more leads after this the inv- the investigation unfortunately led to a dead end until 2003 ito medyo far fetched to yung nangyari 2003 a detective from the states suspected that his father was the killer of an unsolved case in the US called the black dahlia murder do you know that so basta it was a infamous case sa US he thinks his father killed that was involved in that case and he also thinks that his father killed Lucila Lalo okay because his father was a wealthy surgeon and he was here in the Philippines in Manila in the 60s and this took place in the 60s so he's like link link we got something here but we don't know we don't know for sure this is just like speculations lang but there were people who were saying huh mm, mm, yeah this could happen he's he's a very good surgeon kasi yun nangyari the body that they found sa black dahlia is very similar to what happened to the chop chop lady chop chopped into us you know this is just the philippine version so he's saying all these things, theories that maybe his father was a killer, also the killer here in the PH. However, there were some inaccuracies because he made a book and there were details there na hindi nagtugma sa details ng report ng police here. So we can't really say that this is like a 100% sure thing. So I'm not sure if this case is still uh, open, if they can call it open, but it still remains unsolved. So... That's what we know so far. And that is the case of the first Chop Chop Lady, Lucila Lalu. But the, like, there's a lot of lovers. And every lover parang has a um, slight motive. Have, has a slight motive on wanting her, ano, no? I'm not condoning their motives, but they, I think they have, diba? 
the first one, the 19-year-old, you know, she was pregnant. Maybe he didn't want to be a batang ama. Maybe he wasn't ready for the dad life. He's turning 20. He wants to, you know, enjoy his first 20s, his youth pa. So, I'm not sure. Oh, yes, Yeah. Talaga, all the victims, every victim, kawawa talaga yung family and the people who are affected the most. Um, hindi ko lang maintindihan kasi the first guy works in her restaurant. The second guy is the asawa. The third guy lives on top of the parlor. How do you not, how do these three not like interact with each other? Parang... Parang sila tuloy yung tatlong tao dun sa apartment. Yeah, parang... So I'm not sure. What do, who do you think? Who do you, who are your ano suspicious ka? I don't know. sa my apartment. The guy who said ano there were three other people. Eh, di ba I told you na their neighbors saw three other men taking a body out from Osila's residences. So that's one thing. So that's why the police didn't like per pinush si Jose Luis because there were witnesses nga that confirmed what he was saying. So we don't know if he's telling the truth. Hindi ko matindihan nga alam ba sa kwarto niya ginawa. Or maybe because oh, hindi pa di sa parlor kasi malalaki kay bintana so inakyat na lang si Lucila. I'm not sure. But yeah, that is the case of Lucila Lalu, the chop chop lady. Thank you so much for listening to our very first ever podcast episode. Hopefully we get to do more movies, more books, more true crime cases if you'd like. We're also planning to do like um, confessions or share your stories. So if you have any stories you'd like to share, please send it to us at crispycrimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see the faces behind these beautiful voices you're hearing today, you can check out our YouTube t- channel, Crispy Crime. You can let us know your comments there. We'd love to know your thoughts on who you think is sus in this case pero that's it for today guys stay safe stay kind stay safe get some paper spray paper spray paper, paper spray and don't get multiple lovers okay bye, bye.